Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My name is Richard Bliss. Episode 94 is what you're listening to, and it is a thrill to be here. I have, a, as you know, in the last year, a wide range of very talented and amazing people, and today is no exception. My guest I have known for about a year. He is the brilliant mind behind the GMS magazine. I welcome Paco Garcia Jaén. Paco, welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed for having me. It's absolutely great to be here. Thank you. It is a thrill to be here because I got to be on your show a year ago, and mm. I and you and I have been trying to get together um, to get you back on my show, and you've been a little busy, haven't you? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, the last few weeks have been absolutely mental, beyond belief, mental. In what, in what way? Now, are we talking about on a personal level, or are we talking about the whole GMS magazine and what's going on there? Well, it's been a bit of everything. Uh, work, uh, as you know, I work as a graphic artist and a learning developer. It's, it's mental. It's really, really very, very busy. And the website, it's taking a huge amount of my time. My partner and I have bought a flat in Valencia. and We had to oversee the refurbishment of the whole thing. So it's, 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 the stars have aligned to make sure that I have not a free second for the last couple of months it's, it's being amazing <laughs> really busy well i've known yeah it's uh right now it is about almost eleven thirty p.m where you are and mm-hmm. uh yeah i can imagine when you start having to kind of do it at both ends of the candle now last year weren't you looking at that uh, flat in valencia last year when we were at uh, spiel in october yes uh, we were already looking and we were trying to find a place that we liked the price that we could afford and the problem is that we have a huge amount of choice because, as you know, Spain is in a very, very bad situation, economically speaking, and there are thousands of empty properties. So we had to look at, I don't know, 50, maybe 70 before we found something that we really liked. But eventually we did. Uh, and, and, and now we have a holiday flat that, of course, you would be more than welcome to use anytime. <laughs> I might take you up on that. Spain is, I one hope of, so. is one of my favorite places in the world. But you, currently, you live in London, right? I live in Brighton, which is about oh, 60 miles south of Brighton. Sorry, 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 sorry. Well, I just had uh, the episode before I had two Londoners. I had uh, um, Dervis Jengis, uh, Jengis Dervis and Lawrence O'Brien, who you've had on your show. I, I did. And uh, he's a good friend and absolutely brilliant fellow with a wit sharp as a blade. Lawrence is as well. Uh, mm. So, so were we talking about Genghis? I, and Lawrence is going to hear this and laugh because <laughs> Lawrence is a dear friend and has been a host on my show. And so we had, a, we had fun because their project is just about to wrap up. Yes, uh, in about 40 hours. Yep, in about 40 hours. I wanted to have you on the show because you just recently had a crowdfunding project. You're uh, there in the UK. And so you today, the announcement was made about the ability for – uh, UK-based mm-hmm. Kickstarter projects. But your project that you launched recently, um, you went through Indiegogo. And I was hoping to have you kind of talk about that process and kind of the decision to do that and what that was like, uh, mainly because that's one of the few options that you had being in, in the UK, although that's going to mm. change now. But tell us about the project. What were you doing on Indiegogo? What was your project? Right. The project was basically to gather some money to be able to well to help pay for a trip to Essen 
Um, for for the last year, me and my partner have been buying uh, a lot of uh, video and audio equipment so we could do the shows that we do, the podcast and the unboxing videos and the interviews that we've been doing around conventions in the UK. And we drew it basically for the kindness of our heart. We, we enjoy doing it. We like putting the interviews out there and we make all the material free uh, for people. And when we put together how much money it was going to be to, to take the two of us to spiel, we thought, right, how can we help this process? Uh, and I thought, why not offering something physical, uh, like a DVD or the promos, to people who are kind enough to help us with some money? So uh, I, I thought Kickstarter was not an option for me uh, for two reasons. A, I didn't want to go for the all-or-nothing policy that Kickstarter has not that I have anything against it but I, I wanted to get as much money as possible uh, and I wanted to have a limit and secondly Indiegogo was available for people outside the United States so it, it made sense for me to, to use Indiegogo instead of, of Kickstarter um, and, and get basically as much help as we, can, as we could Okay, so t tell us about, um, many of my listeners are familiar, we've talked extensively about Kickstarter. What was your, what's the experience like going through Indiegogo? Help, help uh, my listeners kind of understand that. Right, basically Indiegogo is Kickstarter for, for Europeans and the rest of the world. The, the, the process, it, it was slightly, it was simple, it was very simple. It's just register, you set up your project. I don't think there is any kind of uh, selection process. You just start your project. You decide if you want to get a flexible funding or a fixed funding. So if you get a, explain that. Uh, flexible funding means that whatever money people give you, you get, whether you reach your goal or not. And fixed funding is you either reach your goal or you don't get the money. Why would you pick flex? Why would you pick fixed funding over flexible funding? What are the pros and cons? Because it would just seem obvious that I would always want flexible funding. Are there some trade-offs? Yes, there are. If I mean, in my case, there wasn't. But if you want to produce a product that's going to cost $3,000 to do, but you only get 1000 you still have to give the people who bought that product or that service what they bought. Even though you, know, you if, didn't reach your funding levels. Okay. Exactly. So you have to find a way to actually supplement the money that you didn't get. So, so with the with the fixed funding, you're like, look, I need three thousand dollars no matter what, and if mm -hmm. I don't get it, there's no project, and it's not exactly. like okay, a thousand dollars. So, it could, because in your case, by going with flexible funding, uh, what you were offering was is that you were they were helping you to get closer to what you wanted to achieve, even if you didn't reach all the money you were asking for, a portion of that was still helpful. Correct. I mean, we were going to go to Essen anyway, but with the money that we got, and we didn't reach the whole goal. When we, we, it's quite amazing when you go to a convention, you begin to put money together, you know, and you put the, the typical would be the flights and the hotel, but when you put the entrance to the show plus the food that you're going to eat while you're over there, um, plus uh, the parking for the car in the airport. Plus, we have a cat, and we need to put the cat in the cattery. When you begin to put those costs together. It, they do amount to an offload of money. So I had a, a goal of $1,200 for the whole thing, and that was also going to cover all the fees that 
and the Indiegogo charges, which is not cheap, by the way. Um, but it didn't matter to me whether I got the 1200 or whether I got, like I did, 755 uh, because I was going to do it anyway. But with the amount of money that I got, I managed to get 60% of the, uh, of, of the whole goal. That helps immensely because that, that's paid for the flights and the hotel, which is fantastic. It is. It is. In my case, uh, I had several of my audience ask me if I was going to Essen. And in my case, I could actually cover the airfare, but there was no uh, – it was the hotel and the lodging and the food and that type of thing. And, and I had just done the road trip and in the middle of producing the documentary for that. And it was, it was like, oh, you know what? I don't want to dip back into the well once again to go. Mm. Um, even though this was the, the third year. So I can completely understand that. In your case, you were going. This was an opportunity for your fans, your backers, to kind of help that process be a little bit better. Correct. And get something that no one's going to get. We, we, we're going to have a, a DVD with material that will not go online. So basically, if people want to see the whole, the amount of all of the interviews and, and the behind-the-scenes kind of uh, footage that we're going to get then it's, it's either the DVD or nothing. So they will be getting something exclusive. Okay, so on Indiegogo, you said that the, um, there's, there's fees associated. So on Kickstarter, the fees run about 5% for Kickstarter, 5% for Amazon. What kind of fees, if, if somebody chooses to go with Indiegogo, are they looking at? Uh, they're looking, up, in total, you will be surrendering about 10 to 12% of what, you get uh if anything because there was also which i didn't realize at the time but i was hit by a um, international bank transfer fee uh, which i think it was about 75 dollars that sounds about right so when when the funding happened who transferred the money to you did indiegogo transfer the because and the reason i'm asking is on kickstarter it's not Kickstarter that does it, but it's Amazon that handles all the money on the backside. Is it Indiegogo that's handling the money, or do they have a third party that's doing that? No, it is Indiegogo or PayPal. You can choose what method of payment people can use to give you the money. If they use PayPal, then they immediately charge you a percentage, which is the fee. Right, because PayPal uh, has uh, a, a almost, I think it's almost 4% fee. Correct, uh, and, and that's... That's it. You, you, there's nothing you can do about it. If people pay with the credit card, which they can do as well, then Indiegogo will hold that money in escrow. And at the end of the whole process, then they will release, they will take their fees and then they will give you the money through international bank transfer. When you say the whole process, you mean till the end of the funding goal, the, the date that you set? Yes. Okay. And what was the interface like working with Indiegogo? Um, it was very simple, I have to say. It was a pleasure. You, you have literally four steps. You know, in, in the first step, you, you define your your progress, you know, your, your project, what it's like, what it's all about. You give you a description. Uh, then the second one, you define your pledge levels. And there's a limit to 12 levels that you can apply. Uh, then you give them the... Um, any payment information, uh, how you choose how people are going to pay, uh, credit card details, PayPal details, bank details, and then you just review the whole thing and go live. So it, it, it took me about an hour to set up the whole thing. Which is uh, different because on the Kickstarter, and I've, I've talked about this on my podcast a few times, uh, it can take a week 
of because uh, the whole banking side of things can be very complex on the Amazon side, and you require authoriz- authorization. The bank has to get set up. It's all kinds of issues that get involved there. No, with this, you just give them the the international bank account number. I, I did have to go to my bank and find it, but you just get your international bank account number. Enter it with the bank details, and it's it's done. And with PayPal, PayPal, you just literally enter your PayPal details, authorize PayPal, and that's it. It's done. It was really really quick. And so, uh, and then you mentioned 12, uh, 12 levels. Is that what you said? It's a maximum of twelve level of pledges that you can have. So you you cannot have twenty different levels for people to to give you money. Got it. I know that uh, the folks over at The Spiel, I don't know if you follow those guys um, Mm -hmm. with their podcast, they had 90 pledge levels on their recent Kickstarter project. No, that's insane. Yeah, that was insane. (laughs) And I bet you they're right now, they're they're kind of regretting that, although that was part of just the process that they set up. Yeah. All right. So so you're going to go off to Spiel. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about, if we want to follow you at Spiel, um, how do people track you down and, and kind of keep tabs on what you're doing at Spiel? Well, I am going to be Twitter-able. Um, I, I have managed to get uh, international roaming with my phone that will not cripple my pocket even more than it normally does. So I'm going to be tweeting very often while, while I'm over there. From, and the, from I, the GMS Magazine uh, Twitter handle? Yes, okay. um, which is at GMS Magazine. Um, that wasn't very creative when I invented it, but hey. Um, uh, yeah, it does. And I will be tweeting constantly. Um, whenever we do an interview, I will be tweeting and I will be sending photographs and keeping people very, very much informed. Okay, so uh, Kickstarter just announced that the, the UK will be opening up at, on October 31st. Do you see, what kind of impact do you see? How big is the gaming community? And we're talking gaming here uh, because, well, there'll be other Kickstarter projects, but you and I are obviously in the game space. What kind of impact do you think this is going to have around the gaming space in the UK? Any? Uh, Yes. No, I think it's going to be pretty huge. Um, There are an awful lot of people out there that they have the games, but they don't have the means of reaching Kickstarter in the US. So I reckon we will see an immense amount of projects from small companies that will go onto Kickstarter now that, that is going to be available. Um, what I think as well is going to happen is that we're going to see an awful lot of people learning about Kickstarter. So it's, I, I think we're going to have a wave of people who don't know how to do Kickstarter, even though they have the experience of seeing what Kickstarter has been like and have an idea um, so there will be two tiers of experience levels. Um, you guys in the US who know what you're doing uh, and us who are still finding out how complex and time-consuming it actually is to have a crowdfunding activity. Uh, and then we get that from talking to L- Lawrence and Jengis who, uh, who have just gone through their three days, of, excuse me, three weeks of their project. Mm. Uh, nerve-wracking for them. Um, but they're very close to uh, funding. I think that right now they're like $103 away. So they're very yeah. close. Well, uh, Paco, I certainly appreciate you taking a few minutes to kind of talk about your uh, project. Are you going to, now that Kickstarter's coming out, are you going to come out with another project on Kickstarter then? To be honest, probably not. If if the situation is the same, you know, that I'm going to do, for example, I want to go next year to Gen if I can get the money to make sure that I'm going to go, then I will not do a Kickstarter uh, because I 
I don't want to be an all or nothing. I'm quite happy, you know, if, if I get $500, if I get $600 uh, and I can get to give people something cool that no one else is going to have, I'm very happy with that. So I will probably still use the flexible funding for projects that will be done anyway and, and use Kickstarter for projects that it's either all or nothing. I either get the money and do it or not get the money and not do it. Well, that's uh, okay. Very interesting. An interesting approach, and I know that a lot of people have kind of wondered about the differences, and so that's a great way to talk about it. Well, Paco, thank you very much for uh, for taking a few minutes, being on the show, and kind of uh, telling us a little bit about what's going on. I, I'm envious you get to go to uh, Spiel this year, and I don't, but uh, we will look forward to hearing from you. Well, you will probably come next year, and I will keep you informed, and I will send you presents. Oh, that'll work. Uh, that's, <laughs> uh, that's a date. I plan on being there next year, so that, uh, that, that'll work. Excellent. Okay, you've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter episode 94. We've been talking to part Paco Garcia Hain, who is the founder, creator, and the brilliant mind behind GMS Magazine, a, a, a great podcast and blog that covers all things gaming. If you uh, haven't t- checked it out, I suggest that you do. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you've learned a few things. I know I have. And uh, we can look for you out on the crowdfunding scene, whether it's on Indiegogo or Kickstarter. Hopefully you've been inspired. Take care.